I want to introduce what it is that we're going to be learning. We're going to be learning the letter of Nachmanides. Now, Nachmanides was a, uh, a one of the great commentators on the Torah, on the Talmud, on the Mishnah, and he lived in, in the early 1200s, just after the passing of the Rambam. So it went Rashi, Rambam, and then Ramban. They overlapped the Ramban and Rambam, even though they were different countries, but they overlapped a few years, not many. Menachmanides, the Ramban, wrote a very special letter to his son. This is the Igeret Ramban. Igeret means a letter or a scroll of the Ramban. And Ramban is Nachmanides. We have Maimonides, which is Rabbi Moshe ben Maimon. And then we have Ramban, which is Rabbi Moshe ben Nachman. Okay, so he begins as follows. Shma b'ni Musar This is a verse in Proverbs that says, Listen, my son, to the thought of your father, and do not forsake the teachings of your mother. Now, this is a very simple translation, so, but we'll, we'll stick with this because this is the translation we have available to us at the moment. But we have to understand that there's a different quality from what we, we, what we have from our parents, our father, and our mother. Very different, very unique, very, each with their own special elements. But there is certain things that we get from our father and certain things that we get from our mother. It's very important for a person to maintain that tradition. You know, I, I don't want to say the word tradition. So I don't, I don't like the word tradition. I think the word, the single worst, the single most catastrophic movie for the Jewish people was Fiddler on the Roof. Because what Fiddler on the Roof did was put into people's mind this idea that the only reason why we do things in Judaism is tradition, right? And that's not true. That's not why we do things. We don't do things because of tradition. So I want, to, I, want to, I want to erase what I just said about tradition. But the idea is is the teachings. There is There are very important things that our, our parents uh, transmit to us throughout our, our childhood and throughout our life. And that is a, a very, very important key to our personal growth is maintaining those teachings and those learnings. So... Here we go. We continue. You should always accustom yourself to speak your words with pleasantness. With every man and at every moment. And with that, you will be saved from anger. Which is a terrible, terrible trait that brings man to sin. And so did our sages say in tractate Nedarim 22a, Kolakois, anyone who gets angry, call me Gehenim Shokimbo. All of Gehenim holds sway over him, as it says in Ecclesiastes, and remove the anger from your heart and take away the bad from your flesh. And bad can only mean Gehenim. And it says in Proverbs as well, and the sinner, he too will have a bad day, meaning generally people assume if a, a person is doing well, if a person has a good time in life, then, oh, everything must be going well for him. Our sages tell us, no, you have to understand that they too will have a day where, you know, they will be held accountable for all of their wrongdoings. 
So what we're saying here, and it really is an amazing, amazing first paragraph of this letter, is Ramban is saying here is that a person should always speak with a calmness. Always speak with a soft voice to every person at all times because the trait you want to stay away from is anger. Because what does anger do? It brings a person to terrible things. And when a person gets angry, he will end up undoubtedly in uh, purgatory. Now, let's understand what Gehenna is, okay? We mentioned this in a previous class. I don't remember which class last week, but the idea is like this. Gehenna is not a permanent state. Judaism does not believe that hell or Gehenna is a permanent state, but rather it's a place of cleansing. It's a place where the Almighty puts us through a process of cleansing, right? Why? Because if we want to be close to God, we can't come with our sins. We can't come with our blemishes that we've created throughout our lifetime. So there is a certain period of time where God power washes us after we move on to the next world. And that way we're cleansed and able to go into heaven, right, so to speak, into, into the Ganeda, into the Garden of Eden, right, and to receive our reward and have and, and enjoy, bask in the presence of Hashem. Okay, next, the third paragraph. And once a person saves himself or frees himself from any anger, again, number one terrible, terrible trait, anger. Then what happens? The quality of humility will enter your heart, which is not the worst trait, the best trait. Anger, worst trait. When we eliminate that anger, you know what comes up to us? Humility, the best trait. The return for humility, the, the reward for humility is fear of God, right? Let's understand. Let me just. Okay, so what happens in this transition from anger that brings us to a point where we have this incredible gift of another humility? So what does anger come from? Anger come from, comes from, in a way, it comes from arrogance. It comes, you don't respect me enough, so I'm going to get angry now. Or you don't understand who I am. You don't acknowledge my greatness. How dare you? Right? You don't understand my value. I'm a doctor. You should call me doctor, not mister. Right? The idea is, is that when you don't, when another person doesn't respect the status of who I am or the accomplishments that I have, that angers me. However, why is that not a great thing? It's not a great thing because we have to realize that all of our accomplishments are really a gift from the Almighty. The Almighty is giving us this gift because, right, because he loves us. He's giving it to us for free. He's giving us the ability to accomplish so much. He's giving us talents. He's giving us skills. He's giving us unbelievable treasure of life. And now we are being arrogant about it? What right do we have to be arrogant about it? So the more a person removes himself from anger, the natural result will be that he's going to become humble because you can't just distance yourself from anger without recognizing the source of where everything comes from and why you shouldn't be angry. So the natural departure from anger will bring us to humility, which is the greatest trait of all traits. 
in the fourth paragraph we see here. And as a result of this humility will come onto your heart the trait of fear of Hashem. Now fear, we mentioned many times in all of the Muslim classes, fear does not mean terrified or frightened. Fear means perspective. Fear means recognizing who's who. It makes a lot of sense when we talk about humility that the natural result of humility will be fear of Hashem because we suddenly have perspective. We know for me to show off, for me to be arrogant, for me to be angry, right, means I don't know my place. I don't understand really what my accomplishments are based on, that they all are based on the gift that Hashem gave me. Now, the minute I realize that everything I have is a gift, one second, now I'm held accountable because you know what? If someone is a great writer and that great writer doesn't utilize their skills and abilities to write, when they finish this world, they'll come to heaven and God's going to say, really? I gave you such incredible writing abilities and you didn't write anything? You didn't do anything to fulfill your mission? That's a terrible thing, right? That is why we need to have we need to have a proper perspective of fear. Okay, fear means putting things into proper perspective. because you will always put into your mind from where I come from, and where I'm going to. Meaning, where do I come from? We come from Earth, right? We come from Earth. We come from Adam, from Adama. From the earth. And where are we going back to? To the earth. So all the time that we have here, it's a lease. You use it or lose it. Right? The life that we have is very temporary. So this is a charge that the Ramban is telling his son here that it's it's a very easy process here. I mean, not easy, but it's a simple process to understand. Number one, stay away from anger. How do you stay away from anger? Speak with a soft tone. That will lead you to humility. Humility will lead you to fear of God. Fear of God is perspective. You will always put it in your mind. You know something? I'm here for a limited time. Whatever resources God gave me, I better use them. Because I don't know how long I'm going to have them for. So if a person has talent and they don't use that talent, they will be held accountable. If a person has an ability, a gift, even if you need a coach to develop it more, that's fine. That's why we have, that's why the Mishnah tells us, have a teacher. A teacher doesn't only mean in Torah. A teacher means have a, have a teacher in how to be a good writer, how to be a good singer, how to be a good swimmer, how to be a good, a good uh, you know, orator. How to be, these are, these are great. Today we have unbelievable resources. Today you just open up anything you don't know how to do. You don't know how to screw in a light bulb, okay? Or to change a bolt. You can go onto YouTube and learn everything. Anger at first does not necessarily necessitate one being angry at another person. A person could just be mad. Why is the person mad? Why is the person angry? Because something didn't go their way. Okay? He may not be saying it to someone. He may just be internally angry. Right? I've seen people kicking doors because they're angry. Right? Or, or slamming a car door because they're angry. What did the car do to you? Right. The problem is, is that when a person doesn't realize their place, when a person doesn't realize their, excuse me, their limitation, then what happens is they are 
placed in a challenge. They are placed in a challenge where how do I let go of this disappointment that I have? The Ramban teaches us here the first way to do it, the easiest way, always talk calmly. Just use a soft tone. There's no need to get angry, okay? When you speak softly, it's more difficult for you to get angry. When you start raising your voice, right? It's much easier to, for that anger to overflow, okay? Now, when a person realizes, you know what? Anger is a terrible thing. I really should never get angry. Why did I even get angry? I have no idea. Why did I get angry, right? So what happened? What? I'm getting angry that something didn't go my way? Who says it should go my way, right? A person realizes, one second, I need perspective. The reason why I got angry is because I lost perspective. The first perspective a person needs to have is that everything he has is from the Almighty. Everything we have is from the Almighty. Everything, right? We mentioned previously, we spoke in the series before about humility, right? Showing off your good looks. What did you do for that? Nothing. So what are you showing off? God gave you a gift, right? There's a story in the Talmud of a woman uh, who was really, really, really beautiful. And she saw the Roman guards were looking at her and they were like, wow, she's really pretty, right? So she gave an extra twist to her uh, walk, to her stride, you know, to add a little level of attraction. She was punished for that, right? You have to recognize your place, right? You have a gift from the Almighty. Use your gift. Don't abuse your gift. Okay, it's a very, very important. Uh, now, there's a balance to this. Obviously, everything we speak about always, we have to realize that there is always a balance. Not to abuse it too much in the, in the positive and not to neglect it too much in the negative. Okay, so the first thing we need to remember is where do we come from and where are we going to? And in our lives, what are we? And that while alive, you are only like a maggot and a worm as after death, right? And before whom you will eventually stand in for judgment, right? In front of who? In front of who are we going to have accountability? In front of the Almighty. In the King of Glory. Right? Because it says in Chronicles. Even the heaven and the heavens and the heavens of heavens cannot contain you. Meaning everybody is held accountable. The sun and the moon are held accountable. Did you do your job? Did you have your sunrise at the right time? Did you have your sunset at the right time? Moon, did you reflect the light of the sun properly? Etc. etc. Those are all accountabilities. We have that same accountability, right? Just like the galaxies all are all held accountable, so too are we, right? So to the heart of people, the heart of mankind. Benamar, as it states in Jeremiah, Do I not fill the heaven and the earth? Says Hashem. I feel I'm everywhere. I'm in charge of everything. Okay? So just that's just for us to have a little bit of perspective. For us to have a little bit of perspective to understand, you know something? I'm going to be held accountable. I'm going to be held accountable when, when I stand in front of the Almighty. He will ask me, say, Arye, did you fulfill your responsibilities? I gave you certain talents and certain abilities. Did you fulfill them? And that's our charge in life for every individual to be able to look at themselves 
before they pass on, before we go stand in front of the king of kings, before the, we stand in front of the creator of heaven and earth, right? Before we do, uh, we're going to be asked, were you the mother you were meant to be? Were you the friend you were meant to be? Were you the individual that you were meant to be? And that's a question that only we can answer. But what the Ramban is telling his son here in this letter is don't get carried away with yourself. Right? Immediately tells him don't get angry because anger is close to, we'll see in a second. Now, after we have fear, we have perspective, he's going to talk about the next step. We stay away from anger by speaking softly. That will lead us to humility. Humility will lead us to recognition of our relationship with Hashem. And now he says, Now when you consider all of these, And distance yourself. So first fear Hashem. And then that, that fear, which we said is perspective, you have to understand the word yira means fear. The word yira means also to see, to have perspective. The same exact word. Okay? Tirami borecha, you will fear your creator. Vitishamer minachet, and you will distance yourself from sin. Vikashar tafshov is ele, and when you establish and recognize all of these, Tirami borecha, you will fear your creator. Vitishamer minachet, and you'll distance yourself from sin. Ubamido se'elet yesamech bechelkacha. And with these traits, you know what will be the result? You'll be happy with your share because you realize I have so many incredible gifts the Almighty gave me. I have so many talents the Almighty gave me. And you know what? Hashem believes in me, which is why he put me in this world, because he wants me to utilize these gifts to accomplish and to do great things. Okay? So now I'm very happy. Look at this. Look how amazing this is. I have a great relationship with God because he believes in me and he gave me things that he believes I can produce. The only people who don't produce are people who don't believe in themselves. And Hashem wants us to believe in ourselves. Hashem wants us to understand our talents, our skills, our limitations, and to never give up. To never give up. I'll tell, I want to tell you an amazing story that I just learned this, this Shabbos. There's a story about a king. His name was Menashe, a Jewish king. His father was, I believe, either Chizkiyo, Chizkiyo, okay? And his father was a great righteous man. But he became king when he was 12 years old. He inherited the kingdom. He was a king for 55 years. And he did terrible things with the kingdom. Terrible, terrible things. He built altars for idols. He did terrible, terrible, terrible things against the will of Hashem. Again, he was arrogant. He thought, look at me, I'm so powerful. I'm a king. Look at my, all my servants and look at all of my constituents that, that, that follow my, right? And he abused his status. And then later on, he was exiled by the Assyrian uh, army and taken to Babylon. And he started to repent. And the prophets tell us that he repented and God accepted his repentance. But how did God accept his repentance? Not ordinary repentance. You see, the angels of judgment said, this guy doesn't deserve repentance. But he really, really wanted to repent. So it says that God tunneled out, carved out for him a new route for repentance. So that the angels of judgment aren't aware 
of this because God says I'm a God of compassion, right? I want my I want my people close to me. So he made a mistake. So he did terrible things for years, but I want him close. And the midrash brings an example. The midrash brings a parable of a king who had a son who was very distant from the son. So the the, the you know the son's friends say, you know, why don't you go to your father? So my father doesn't want me. I'm so far from him. There's no way in the world he'll ever want me back. He says, you never, I'll never even be able to make it back. I'm so far from him. He said, why don't you go towards him? He'll come towards you. And that's our relationship with God, where we think to ourselves, you know what? The sins that I've done, terrible. God doesn't want me. God doesn't want me close to him. Not true. God does want us close to him. And if we just go a little bit towards God, God will come towards us. Same thing with all of our talents. Someone who has great talent and they don't utilize it, they're distancing themselves from their purpose. Why did God put them here? Be happy with what you have. Be happy with the gifts God gave you. And when you utilize this activity of humility, this this trait of humility, to be shy before other people, meaning not to show off and gloat and be arrogant about your accomplishments, but rather to recognize, you know something? Not really me. It really is the Almighty gave me a gift. It's not me. Don't praise me like I'm some hero. I didn't do much. It's the Hashem gave me this ability. Hashem gave me this talent. And to always have that, that perspective of fear in front of Hashem, that, right, Hashem is going to hold me accountable. And to fear the sin. Now I don't want to sin. I don't want to abuse the good that God gave me. Then the presence of Hashem, the Shekhinah, will rest upon me. And then the, the divine presence will Rest upon me, the Hashem's glory, the radiance of Hashem's glory will rest upon me, and then I will merit to live a life, the life of the world to come. Not only in the world to come, but in this world as well. Because when a person knows their purpose, when a person knows their 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 essence and what they're charged with, what God has put us in this world for, guess what? We're living a world in this world of the world to come. That's how special it is. My son, my dear son, Ramban is telling his son, right? He says, listen, know and see exactly what I'm saying. Because one who feels that he is greater than others is rebelling against the kingship of Hashem. Because he adorning he is adorning himself with Hashem's garments. Meaning you're showing yourself that you're over other people. The only one who's over people is Hashem. You're not greater because you have more money, because you have more wisdom, because you have more talent, because you have more ability, does not make you greater than other people. There's only one being that's greater than other people, and that's Hashem. So by you feeling like you're superior to other people, you're trying to be godlike. You're trying not godlike. You're trying to take away God's place. Shenemar Hashem Alach Yud Lavesh. The Lord reigns 
He wears clothes of pride, meaning he is elevated above people, but not people be elevated above people. I think this is so fundamental. What Ramban is telling his son here is, is, is mind-boggling. It's mind-blowing, right, to see that, that there is such an important perspective that a person must have in our relationship with God, understanding our responsibility, and also our relationship with other human beings. Not to feel superior to others. Not to feel like we are, you know, me, I am so, I'm so noble. I'm so great. I'm so, right? Okay, we have to be so careful from that. Because we have to always remember, he's going to talk about this in a second, the Ramban. He's going to talk about how important it is for us to have the proper perspective of our responsibilities and our duties. Okay, you ready to hear this? Ramban is unbelievable. It's remarkable what the Ramban is going to going to teach us here. Okay? But think about it. What is a person even going to be proud of? What are we arrogant about? What are we so elevated, feeling so noble and elevated over other people, superior to other people? What, what, what exactly? In Baosher, perhaps it's wealth. Hashem or but who gives wealth? Right? In Samuel's 1, chapter 2, verse 7, it says, the Lord impoverishes and, and enriches. Who gives wealth? Who makes poverty? God. So what are you proud of? What did you accomplish? God put you in the right job, in the right place, at the right time, gave you the right or wrong decisions that brought you money or that took you away from it. So what are you showing off? What's there to show off? The imbekavot, and if with honor, right? Perhaps look at me, look how honorable I am. Hello, lelokimu. Don't forget what we just said. It belongs to God, honor. Wealth and honor come from you. How could one adorn himself with God's honor? If a person is gloating about his wisdom, right? Doesn't it say in Job, it says, take God takes away speech of assured men and reasoning from the sages. So who gives wisdom? You think wisdom comes from you. Look at me, I'm so bright. My IQ is the highest IQ. I'm the greatest person. I'm guess what? It all comes from Hashem. Nimza, we find Hakal Shavalifnaamakum. Right? We are all equal before God. Since his anger. Lowers the proud. And with his wish, he raises up the, the fallen, the downtrodden. Therefore, Ramban is telling his son, humble yourself so God will raise you up. When you're arrogant, God doesn't like that. He says, what are you competing with me? God knocks us down. But if a person is humble, God says, here, let me show you how great you are. Let me raise you up. Okay? Unbelievable teachings the Ramban is giving to his son here. Al-Kain. Therefore, what I'm telling you is, let me explain to you how to always behave humbly, with humility, 
Loleches Batamid, to go in this way at all times. Called Varecha Yuvenachas, we mentioned earlier. Always speak with gentle words. All of your words should be gentle. And bow your head, meaning don't be arrogant. Don't walk around like you're the, you're the king of the world. Realize that there's a God who gave you everything. Be humbled by the gifts that God gave you, the talents that he gave you, the skill and abilities. Right? And while your eyes are looking down at the ground, meaning you realize that you're from the earth, you're going back to the earth. The gifts you have are from heaven. Feel in your heart, right? Feel in your heart that Hashem is right above you. And when you talk to another person, don't be in their face, right? Don't be in their face. Don't be arrogant. Don't feel like you have something greater, right? Don't look at the face of the person to whom you're speaking. Meaning, when you're talking in a, a daber is usually a very harsh way of speaking it to someone. When you speak to someone, even if you're giving someone criticism, right? Do it in a way of humble, humbleness. Do it in a way of kindness. Don't do it, oh, I'm going to teach you a lesson. I'm, right? There should be a, a, an element of humility that goes with that. Every person should be considered greater than you in your eyes. Why? If they're very wise or if they're very wealthy, you have to honor them. But if he is poor, you're wealthier or smarter than he is. Just think to yourself, you're more obligated than him. You are more responsible than him. He has more merits than you. Why? If he sins and doesn't fulfill his, his capabilities, guess what? He really wasn't so smart to begin with. He didn't have so much money to begin with. So what? Right? So what happens is, is that a person needs to understand that they are obligated they are if a, if another person is smarter than you if the, another person is smarter than you then honor their wisdom if another person is wealthier than you right give them the respect that they're, that they're due right but if you're the one who's wealthier you're the one who's smarter what is what is Ramban tell his son guess what they're more innocent than you because if they sin they do it by mistake they don't know better Right? They don't know better. But you, you know better. So you're more obligated than they are. Okay? So he says, Who's Zakai Mimcha? He is, uh, he is more worthy than you. Right? Who Chotis sins? When he sins, it is inadvertent while you act knowingly. You're smarter. You're, you have more abilities. You have more, right? So, he says, this should be at all times, all actions that you do, all words and thoughts that you have, and at all moments. Think and, and, and understand that you're standing in front of the Almighty, and His presence is right before you. Right? Because His presence is all around the world, everywhere, in your house, out of your house at the supermarket, at the bank, 
at the library, at the car wash, wherever you are, Hashem's presence is there. So carry yourself in a way that you have that presence before you. So the way you'll talk to people will be with a little bit more uh, awe and fear. Again, fear means perspective. It'll be like a servant in the presence of his master, right? So what we see here is that there is a special insight that Ramban is giving to his son here. Think and understand that you have, you are charged with a great responsibility to always know who you're standing before. You're standing before the Almighty. The Almighty sees you. The Almighty hears you. He knows your thoughts. He knows your actions. He knows your words every moment. Therefore, what are we obligated to do? We're obligated to know our place. And therefore, when we talk to other people, wherever we are, we don't need to get angry anymore. You understand? This is, you know, our sages tell us one of the reasons we should always appreciate criticism is because the person criticizing you is not really a person. It's an angel. God put them there. God put them there to give you that criticism. So thank God. Thank the person, right? When a poor person, we learned this a few weeks, uh, a few months ago, the Rabbeinu Bachian, his introduction to the, I think it's Parshas Kisavo, right? What does he say? He says, when you give charity, give it recognizing that you're not giving it to a poor person or to a, to a good cause. That's not what you're giving it to. You're giving it to the Almighty. The Almighty is masquerading as a poor person standing at your door. It's not really a poor person. It's really God standing there. Give it to them with, with an honor. Give it to them with a, with a joy. Right? God is testing you to see how you're going to give. Are you going to give what you're capable of giving? Are you going to give it with love? Are you going to give it with joy? Are you going to give it with dignity? Or are you going to give it to you just throw the $10 out the door and shut the door? Or are you going to say, you know what? Come inside. Would you like something to drink? Would you like something to eat? Do you need something? When was the last time you slept? Show that you care. Show that you have concern for the person. Because it's not, that's not really a person. It's really an angel. Like Abraham was tested. He had these three people passing by. Who were they? They were angels. Hashem sent them there to test them. So therefore, he says, when you realize that everything around you is just a test that Hashem is giving you, it looks real. It's a real car. It's a real person. I'm talking to them. I feel them. I, I can hug them. It's all Hashem testing how you're going to interact with that person. When a person realizes that, he will walk around with a certain presence and a recognition that he is like a servant before the Almighty. And therefore you will act with restraint and have a little uh, uh, humility and, 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 a, right, and a, a little bit of an embarrassment, so to speak, between other, pers- other people, before other people. Someone calls you, don't answer him loudly, but calmly. Like one who's standing before his master. Yes, how can I help you? Right. We see when Hillel was being tested by that person, whether or not Hillel will lose his calm. We see every time Hillel came out with a soft-spoken voice, right? Yes, my son, how can I help you? He says, always. Right, so what is the key to always feeling this this relationship and for having it real before us? You know what it is. 
You know what the secret of that relationship is? Always learn Torah. Right? Why? Because Torah gives perspective. Torah gives us an understanding of our relationship. Torah helps us understand our place. He says that when you do learn Torah, find in what you learn, what you can observe, what you can fulfill. How can I put this into action? I just went to a Torah class. What can I do now to implement it into my life? Implementation. Find if you have something from what you've just learned. You get up from learning. Think a second. You know what? I just spoke about speaking calmly. You know what? I'm going to go now and I'm going to speak to my children calmly. I'm going to speak to my spouse calmly. I'm going to, when I talk, call my friend, I'm not going to yell and scream. I'm not going to get upset. I'm going to speak with a calm voice, right? To whoever I speak to. Right, Whatever it is that you're learning about, you learn about judging people favorably, you learn about honoring your parents, you learn about any of these things that the great, our great Torah teaches us. We're starting now a new book, the book of Numbers. We start this coming Shabbos, right? Start reading a Torah portion. You'll see so much wealth of wisdom, of knowledge, of guidance, of how to live life. Examine your actions every morning and evening. And in this way, every day will be a day of repentance, will be a day of returning to God. Because you realize, you know what? I'm just in Hashem's world here. I do what Hashem wants me to do. I'm here to fulfill His will. I'm here to fulfill His wishes. Okay? And when you pray, you know what you need to do? Remove all distractions from your, from your heart. Everything. You know that there's a halacha that when someone is in the middle of a dispute, a person is in the middle of a court case, you're not allowed to pray. You know why? Because you're not going to be focused. You're going to be busy thinking about what your next argument is in the, in the court hearing. Right? A person is not allowed to pray when they're in the middle of something because your mind is going to be thinking about what you're in the middle of. Right? So you have to finish it. Be calm. That's why it says that, that the great sages, what would they do? They would prepare themselves for prayer an hour prior to prayer. And then they would unwind from prayer for an hour. The Talmud goes into a question, how did they pray for nine hours a day? It's three prayers a day, each one with an hour before, an hour after, and an hour to pray. Right? So that's, that's nine hours of prayer. How did they ever support themselves? How did they learn Torah, etc., etc.? You can learn the Talmud. We can learn it another time. Thinking Talmudist class, we learned that uh, piece. So you can go find it in the archives on YouTube. But says when we prepare ourselves for prayer, we remove all of our thoughts. Turn off your phone. Turn off your computers. Turn off everything. Turn on your heart. Turn on your connection to God. And prepare your heart before God. And purify your thoughts. And think of your words before you utter them, before you pronounce them, before you they they leave your lips. Right. So we say, Hashem Hashem, open up my 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 lips so they can, they can sing your praise. That's what we want from prayer. Prayer. This is, by the way, also before we talk to other people. You talk to other people. 
talk with respect. Think of the words before you say them. Is it something which is uplifting? Is it something which is loving? Right? So you shall do every day of your life, in all of your activities, the low sechata, and you will not come to sin. Right? If a person thinks before their actions, a person thinks before they talk, you're going to say hurtful words. Why are you saying it? Keep your mouth shut. Right? You, right? We don't need, I don't need to say it. What do I need to hurt this person for? And when you think about these things before you say them, then all of your words, your deeds, your thoughts will be proper. Your prayer will be pure. It'll be pure, it'll be clean, it'll be clear, appropriate and acceptable before Hashem. As it says in Psalms, King David tells us, when their heart is directed to you, Hashem listens to them, right? Meaning, when it's clear, when we have a clarity of mind. So now, Ramban is telling his son an amazing closing statement. He says, says, read this letter once a week and not less. To fulfill it and to go in the ways of Hashem. So that you should succeed in all your ways. You will merit to the world to come. Which is reserved only for the righteous. Meaning you will become, every single one of us who are reading this letter, we will become righteous by fulfilling this letter. By reading it, by learning it, by internalizing it, by making it part of our day. Now listen to this amazing promise of the Ramban. Okay, only the Ramban can make such a promise, right? He was such a great, great sage, right? And every day that you read this letter, a special answer will come from heaven, right? That everything you want that day will be fulfilled. When it comes from your heart to ask and to request from Hashem, Adolam forever, Amen, Selah. So now, what, what the Ramban is sharing here is just remarkable. Ramban is giving us such incredible secrets, such incredible tools to magnify our life. To make our life absolutely incredible. He's saying, speak with a calm voice so that you be humble, so that you not get angry, so that you have perspective, have recognition of Hashem. You know your purpose, you know your gifts. Everything is in perspective. Learn the things that give you this perspective, which is our unbelievable Torah. And then when you learn it, what will happen? You'll be able to absorb it. And you know what? Read it not less than once a week. And then when you read it once a week, guaranteed that the day you read it, it could be a Monday. You know what? I have a big challenge this week. You know what? Read this letter. They will answer you from heaven. Special, special gift you'll have from heaven that day. You need special merit. You need special. Give me some calmness, right? Read the letter. 
It's an unbelievable thing. And I'm telling you, I've read this letter thousands of times. Maybe not thousands, maybe hundreds, over a thousand times. My family, we used to read it every Saturday night after Havdalah. We would read this letter out loud. Every week, someone else would read it out loud. You can read it in English. You can find it on safaria.com, right? Or you just type in Igeris Ramban, letter of the Ramban, letter of Nachmanides. Ramban with an N at the end. N as in Nachmanides. N as in Naomi or Nachman, right? If you read it, read it every week. Get into a habit of reading it. My rabbi once, I told him, I said, I think I need to work on, on arrogance. He says, read the letter of Ramban every day until it removes it from your heart. It's, it, it's an unbelievably powerful, short letter. Not such a long letter. And there's actually, if you go online, you can find Art Scroll has the letter of Ramban, has a book dedicated, the whole book on this letter. Um, it's a small book, but it's a very, very great book. Live in this way and you'll have the, the good life that I want you to have, that every parent desires for their child to have. Imagine if none of our children were ever angry, if all of our children spoke with a calm and respectful voice to one another, right? What a beautiful life that would be, right? It would be incredible. That's really what we want is we want, we want them to have a beautiful, enriched, loving, godly life. And that's our goal.